Welcome to the sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Becca Bruner. I'm going to say that I don't think it's uh, too crazy to, to think that uh, generally you can fit most people into one or the other of the categories of rule follower and rule breaker. Sometimes, at least growing up, right? When your kids and your family, like, you got the one kid who does everything that mom and dad say and the one kid who doesn't do anything mom and dad say. That, that, that's at least the way it was growing up in my family. And I just, I want to test, uh, see how, how well this group knows me. Some of you know me pretty well. Some maybe just visiting don't know me at all. So you can just guess from my appearance. But those of you who know, you, you might know. Uh, it, which one was I growing up? Uh, was I, so I want to see, uh, raise a hands here. Who thinks I was a rule breaker in my family when I growing up? All right, all right. Oh, my own daughter thinks that. Who thinks... <laughs> Oh, who thinks I was a rule follower growing up? Jonathan knows me so well. I was the rule follower of my family. I followed all the rules. I did everything mom and dad said, sometimes to the end that my nose was a little brown. Sometimes that was my role in my family. Now, I'm curious about you all again, so let's try this again. What would you consider yourself to have been or to even be now? Let's see a hands of my fellow rule followers. Any out here rule followers? All right, and who are the rule breakers? All right, we got a few. It's always less. I feel like in a Presbyterian church especially, like we like things decently and in order. We are the rule followers, and then we just, you know, bring our spouses along. Um, but that's kind of the way it is. In every family, you've got rule breakers, and you've got rule followers followers. So this message today, and I've told you this before, right? Every message I have to preach is the one I need to hear. This is the message for the rule followers. Rule breakers, you're going to get something out of this too, I think. But this one especially drives the point home to the rule followers. And warning, we rule followers, we're very used to getting praise, right? We do things so we can get that gold star pat on the back. Good job. That's not what we're going to get today. As we listen to Jesus today, as we look at more of his life as it unfolds, as it's told through the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has some hard news for us rule followers, but ultimately it's very, very good news as well. So let's jump right into it. If you've got your Bible or a Bible app on your phone, I would love for you to read along with me. We're looking at Mark chapter 2, and we're going to start today at verse 23. Mark tells us that one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God and when Iabathar, I don't know how to pronounce that name either, When Iabathar was high priest, he ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. 
Again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath so they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, come forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around at them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. So we're a couple weeks into this series. We're a ways into Jesus' life and ministry at this point. You know, he, he, we learned last week he's already called and gathered his disciples. He's done some healing. He's done some teaching. He's performed some miracles. So at this point in the story, Jesus has already formed quite a following. There was a lot of people who liked Jesus, but for just as many who liked him, there were a lot who misunderstood him who didn't quite get what Jesus was all about and what he was trying to, to do in the world. There were a lot of people who liked him, but there were a lot of people who were confused by him, who were, who were, in fact, kind of infuriated eventually by him. And the ones, these ones, these ones who didn't much like Jesus, well, they were the rule followers. They were the ones whose lives were built on following all the rules. And then along comes Jesus, and he didn't seem too interested in, in following all the rules, at least not with the, the precision and passion that they did. So, for all my rule followers out there, as we see Jesus challenging the rules out here a little bit, I want us to think about three things. I want us to think about the purpose of the rules, the problem with the rules, and the person beyond the rules. So first, this is the, the good news part for us rule followers, the purpose of the rules. Rules in this context, which we're talking about it, are, are the rules, the instructions, the guidelines that we find in the Bible. You know, the, the thou shalts and thou shalt nots of scripture, God's rules, so to speak. And in the story we're looking at today, the Pharisees got confused, and then they got, got frustrated, and then they got really mad at Jesus because he seemed to be flouting one of the most important rules, God's commandment to rest on the Sabbath. Now, before we uh, jump into judging the Pharisees too much in this, which there's plenty of reason to do, before we get there, I want us to kind of look at it from their perspective a little bit. See, one of the reasons they got so mad at Jesus for breaking this rule is because they knew that there was a good and life-giving purpose to this rule. Remember the Sabbath and keep it Holy. This was a really, really important rule in Jesus' day. It's, it's one of the big ten, in fact. It's the fourth of the ten commandments. And in that fourth commandment, God instructs God's people to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, to keep it holy by resting, by abstaining 
for, from all work for one day of the week. God commands that we take a Sabbath, that we rest one day a week, not because God needs it, but because God knows that we need it, that our bodies and our souls desperately need time to rest. I preached specifically on this uh, back in the spring. If you remember, if you were with us, we did a whole series on the, the spiritual disciplines. And interestingly enough, Sabbath keeping, which is both a, a spiritual discipline, it's the only spiritual discipline that also is one of the commandments. It's one of the ways that we follow God, and it's one of the practices that is res- restorative to our souls. So if you want kind of the the full download on on, on the value and the purpose and the practice of Sabbath keeping, I'd encourage you, go find that message. It's, It's online. You can listen to it there. But today, I just, I want us to understand the good purpose of this rule, this Sabbath rule, as it relates to all the other rules. And the answer is actually found in something we're going to hear Jesus say later in our study of Mark. And so we're going, to, we're going to flip ahead a little bit today. Again, you can look with me in your Bible if you like. We're going to look at Mark chapter 12, starting at verse 28. It tells us that one of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Okay. So of all the biblical laws, all the guidelines, all the rules, Jesus says that these two are the most important. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So that could lead us to think, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need to worry about all the laws, all the rules, all the commandments, whether or not we keep the Sabbath holy isn't that important. I mean, the 10 are less important than the two. Right? I mean, Jesus said, these two are the most important. So if that's a, a place your, your brain goes, just, just stick with me here for a second. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how do we do that? What, what practical ways do we go about loving God and loving our neighbor? Well, it just so happens the Ten Commandments are the way we do that. Just, just, just think about this. We, we, we love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength by not having other gods before him. We love God by not creating or, or bowing down before idols, by not worshiping anything or anyone other than God. We love God by not taking his name in vain. We love God by taking a Sabbath. Again, since that's the rule at stake here in the story today, we're just going to just hover over this one a little bit. We love God by taking a Sabbath. Because by taking a Sabbath, we're, we're saying that we trust God. That we trust that God is working even when we're not. That we trust that God will provide for us even when we don't. That we trust God enough that he will provide seven days of everything we need for six days of work. That's a lot of trust. 
taking a Sabbath is putting our money where our mouth is. When we say that we believe that God is good and loving and faithful, we love God by taking a Sabbath. We love God by taking a Sabbath, and then this one jumps over as well. It's also in the next category. We love God, or we love our neighbor also when we take a Sabbath. Interesting fact, of all the Ten Commandments, the Sabbath commandment is the longest. It's given the most number of words. And in, in Bible speak, that means it's really important. They don't have, you know, bold font or underlines for Scripture. What, the way they emphasize something's importance is by giving it length. So the Sabbath command is the longest one. And it, it's long because it doesn't just say, keep the Sabbath holy by you not working. Says, keep the Sabbath holy by nobody working. Your sons will not work. Your daughters will not work. Your slaves, your servants. Nobody works on the Sabbath. Because, listen, we can't, we can love God by me resting, but I don't love my neighbor very well. Say, oh, I'm I'm taking a Sabbath rest. You take care of that, right? We love our neighbor by taking a Sabbath, because on the Sabbath, everybody rests. So we love our neighbor by taking a Sabbath, and we love our neighbor by honoring our parents. We love our neighbor by not killing each other, by not committing adultery with each other, by not stealing from one another, by not getting jealous of one another. Look, look, you see this? It's, it's, not, it's not about the rules. It's about a relationship. Every single rule that God gives us, if you take the time to think about them, they're for our good. They are for the purpose of allowing us, giving us the tools to be in right relationship with God and right relationship with one another. It is by following the Ten Commandments that we are made able to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. It is by following the Ten Commandments that we are able to love our neighbor as ourself. This isn't rocket science. This is just common sense. I'm not going to be able to love God well if I'm trying to also love and worship other things in that same way. I'm not going to be able to love my neighbor well if I'm stealing from him, right? Contrary to what some people may think, contrary to what you may think, our God is not a God of rules. Our God is a God of relationship. The rules that God gives are given out of love for our good. They're given for the purpose of our flourishing, flourishing in our relationship with God, flourishing in our relationship with one another. Every rule that God has ever given has been given out of nothing but deep, deep love. That's the purpose of the rules. That's the good intention of the rules. Doesn't mean we get it right. More often than not, we are much more like these Pharisees in the story than we care to admit. And that creates some problems with the rules. Now, for some in the room who may be less familiar with kind of biblical terms, remember Pharisee, uh, the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. They were the teachers, they were the leaders, they were the pastors of the Jewish community. And they were the most rule-followingest of them all, and for good reason, 
right? At their best, they were following the rules to the best of their ability because they knew the good purpose of the rules. But that's where things also got a little tricky because they were so focused on keeping God's rules so perfectly that they, they actually ended up making more rules around the rules just to make sure that nobody messed anything up. So for every single one of God's original rules, they added more rules and more rules and more rules. So just again, with our story today, just focusing in on the Sabbath to make sure that everybody kept the Sabbath Perfectly, the, the Pharisees actually created a list of 39 categories of work from which you must abstain on the Sabbath. 39. And under those 39, there were like many bullet points underneath. So it's like you couldn't, one of the categories was carrying a heavy weight. You couldn't carry a heavy weight on the Sabbath. That was considered work. But well, how heavy? And so they got into that. So it's like, well, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Meg, she still likes to be carried. She's almost four. Um, you know, so maybe when she was one, I could carry her, that's okay. But now that she's four, that's too heavy. Like, literally got that granular in the rules. You couldn't, you know, there were rules about sewing a piece of fabric. You couldn't do that on the Sabbath. There were rules about harvesting, reaping, threshing of wheat. You couldn't do that on the Sabbath. You get the point here, right? So here come Jesus and his disciples. And they're walking through this grain field on the Sabbath. And it's lunchtime. So they start picking off these pieces of grain. That's what you do. You pick it off, you rub it in your hand, and that takes off that the inedible part gets rubbed off, and you can pop that edible part in your mouth, quick and easy lunch. Well, are they breaking the rule or keeping it? Technically, what they were doing was reaping. And that's on the list of 39 no-nos on the Sabbath. And then comes this moment in the synagogue with this man with a withered hand. Now, the Sabbath rules did allow for work to be done if you were saving a life. You know, Sabbath day, somebody starts to choke, you can work to give them the Heimlich maneuver, save their life. Sabbath day, somebody's about to fall off of a, a precipice, you can work by pulling them back. You can save a life on the Sabbath, but, but if somebody's life isn't in imminent danger, you can help them on any other day, just not the Sabbath. So here is where we run smack dab into the problem with the rules. Here's why Jesus got so angry. Jesus knew the Sabbath was intended as a gift, as a pathway to human flourishing. The Sabbath was about restoring the diminished, repairing the broken, for the disciples to, to eat a simple meal, and certainly for Jesus to heal this man's withered hand. That's exactly what the Sabbath is about. Yet because these leaders, these rule followers, were so concerned about the tiny minutiae bits and pieces of the rules, they couldn't accept it. They couldn't allow it. They were so insecure, so anxious about their rules that their hearts became as withered as that man's hand. The Sabbath was meant for humankind, not humankind for the Sabbath. But we so often get that turned around, don't we, when it comes to the rules. The Pharisees did, and we do too. We get things just so out of whack 
we turn things around and it, and it becomes just just imagine the scenario like this is how messed up we get this imagine there's there's a young couple one day and they're they're together they're talking and they say you know we have got all of these toys look at look at all these toys we have over here. you know you know what we should do we should have some kids right like we our toys are sitting over here they're getting bored we don't want our toys to get bored let's let's have some kids so these toys have somebody to play with them Anybody know anybody who, who's done this? Like that's, we, don't, we don't do this. We, nobody has children so that there will be somebody to play with the toys. That would be absurd. Toys are for the benefit of children, not the other way around. This is Jesus' point. God did not create us so that there would be somebody to keep his rules. That's not God's end game, a world filled with people who are just following his rules. No, God, God gave us these rules because he loves us. God gave us these rules because he wants good for us. You need to know. We need to know. Everybody needs to know. God loves you more than he loves his rules. God loves you. God loves everybody more then God loves his rules. And when we get that reversed, like the Pharisees did, well, that's where people get hurt. And I have to say, I really, I need to say, I, you know, I don't know if you do this, I often do. When I'm reading scripture, particularly a story, I often kind of try to picture myself in the story. I try to see which, which character I feel like I connect with the most. If you don't do that, I would encourage it. It's a good practice in reading scripture. And, and I have to think I, I, that there might be some, as you heard this story today, as you read through it and, and reflect on it, that the person that you gravitate toward, who you connect with the most, is actually that man in the synagogue with a withered hand. That you came into church with a lot of hurts, with some wounds, and with some needs, hoping that they'd get better. And somehow coming in for you with those wounds and those hurts and those needs, being a part of a church didn't make it better, it actually made it worse. Honestly, I hope that there's somebody here today or somebody hearing this message who connects most with that man with the withered hand, because that means you're still here. That means you still have hope. That means you know that Jesus' church can do better. And you're here waiting for it. And if that is you, if, if you, like this man with the withered hand, coming into Jesus' church has caused you more harm than good, I'm really sorry. Because we can do better. And we will. Because the truth is, for most of us, if we're going to connect with anybody in this story, most of us rule followers connect more with the Pharisees than we do with that man. We're the rule followers. At least I know I am. I don't want to be. There's a lot of times I wish I wasn't. But I know again and again, instance after instance, that is what I am. And I confess today before you now that I am a Pharisee. I am a Pharisee whenever I hold more tightly to the rules rather than actually seeing a person's real need. 
I'm a Pharisee whenever I make snap judgments about a person based on their appearance, whether it be their age or their clothing or their gender or their skin color or their weight or anything else that you can just see on the outside. I'm a Pharisee whenever I think my own agenda is more important than just taking a moment to look at somebody in the eye and see them for the person who's made in the image of God just as I am, whether that be in my neighborhood or at the grocery store or at a restaurant or even my own home. I'm a Pharisee whenever I see myself as smarter or better than somebody else. I'm a Pharisee whenever I pridefully hold on to my own need to be right and get very defensive when anybody challenges that. I'm a Pharisee when I focus more on my exterior image and ignore my interior soul. I'm a Pharisee when my dogged pursuit of following all the rules gets in the way of my loving God and loving my neighbor well. Friends, I hope you have heard that there is a good purpose to the rules. When used correctly, the rules give us those practical tools to love God and each other well. It can just be a problem when the rules get in the way of our loving God and each other well. So ultimately, what we need to focus on, rather than the good purpose of the rules, as good as that is, Rather than focusing on the problem with the rules, as bad as that is, the solution to both is to focus on the one thing. And that's the person beyond the rules. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Friends, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is the person beyond the rules. Jesus is the person. Jesus is the point. And let me say very clearly, when Jesus came to this earth, when he came to show us what God is like and to clear the way for us to be in right relationship with God and one another, when Jesus came, he didn't come saying, follow the rules. Jesus came saying, follow me. Jesus never said, follow the rules. Jesus did over and over again say, follow me, follow me, follow me. And here's where it gets a little personal right now. Here's where this, this might hurt a little bit. And, and, and I'm talking to me here. Seems to me that it can happen so, so easily. There's just so, it's just so many people get caught in this trap, me included, who spend their lives following the rules, but I'm not sure they're following Jesus. They're really good at following the rules, but they look nothing like Jesus. And you know that they are following all the rules because they tell you they are following all the rules and they tell you all the ways you are not following all the rules. They are following all the rules, but they're not following Jesus. You can do this, you know. This is, this is very possible. You can follow all the rules, make sure you're getting everything right, and you can care nothing for the poor. You can follow 
every single one of the biblical thou shalt's and thou shalt nots, and you can have zero grace for anybody in your life, yourself included. You can try to play by all the rules, and you can, cannot be generous with God or, or with other people. You can, you can lack love for all the misfits and the mess-ups. You got all the rules down, but you have missed the whole point because you can follow Jesus, or you can follow all the rules and not follow Jesus. You know, last week we, we talked about how the, the only prerequisite for following Jesus is to be a sinner. It's, you know, Jesus, it's all Jesus is looking for us is to admit that, that we're sick and we need to be healed. It's what he said. He said, I, I didn't, those who are, who are well have no need of a physician, but only those who are sick. I, I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. You know, admitting you're a sinner seems to me that that's something that's a lot easier for the rule breakers to do, right? You know. Like, you know, when you're, you're a rule breaker, you know you messed up and you, you need to make it right. You know that. It's us uh, rule followers who struggle with that a little bit more. The rule breakers, they're like that, that, that younger son, the prodigal son. Remember him? You know, he, he knew he'd messed it up. And so when he turned to head, head back home, he had his apology in hand. But that older son, well, caught up in his own attempts at perfection, that older son, when that party was going on, that younger son had returned, he stayed outside. He wouldn't go in because he couldn't accept the fact that he'd messed up too. So what did that father do? Well, the father went out to him. That father loved on him. That father begged him, that self-righteous, self-centered, rule-following Pharisee of a son. The father went out and pleaded with him to come back in. Come back to the party. To come home. My friends... My fellow rule followers, there is good news for us today. There is grace for us today. Jesus didn't say, follow the rules. Jesus said, follow me. And as soon as we turn, we turn from trying to follow all the rules and turn to following Jesus. We have a gracious and loving Father who is ready to welcome us.